Hello, friends. This is Dr. Benjamin Smith. I'm very excited to bring you today a conversation with my good friend and popular Catholic writer and speaker, Joan Watson. Today, we're going to be talking about The Chosen. Joan has done a lot of work uh, on uh, The Chosen, um, really sort of um, analyzing it from a biblical and Catholic perspective. So if you've wanted to uh, engage with The Chosen, learn more about it from a Catholic perspective, this is going to be a great opportunity for you. If you enjoy this material, please, please subscribe right to our YouTube channel. We're really trying to increase our subscribers. So please uh, hit that subscribe button. Also hit that notification bell so you don't miss any of our material. And if you get a chance, please go over to Substack. Go to Logos Letter 2022. Over there, uh, you can find a lot of my uh, new writing, the new project that I'm engaged in, and in investigating the intersection of politics, uh, philosophy, uh, and faith from sort of a broad perspective. If you like, if you like the material that we've been producing on CSA, you're going to love Logos Letter. So please go check it out. Subscribe to Logos Letter. It's also free. Well, without further ado, friends, I hope you enjoy this episode. God bless. Hello, friends. This is Dr. Benjamin Smith, lecturer in philosophy with Catholic Studies Academy. I'm joined today. I'm very pleased to say that I'm joined today by my good friend, uh, former colleague, and noted uh, Catholic speaker and author, uh, Joni Watson. Joni, welcome uh, to uh, our episode of Take Every Thought Captive. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. You know, I was thinking about it, Joni. I think we've known each other, we'll just say, for a very long time now. <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. But, uh, Joni, I think you got your start uh, working at Aquinas College in catechetical work, correct? Mm-hmm. And uh, what are you what are you doing now? So I was there for about six years, went to the Diocese of Nashville for about six mm-hmm. years. And now I'm um, a solopreneur, as they call them these days, <laughs> nice. and uh, doing some freelance writing, but mostly speaking and teaching, doing parish missions, traveling around the country, um, doing missions and retreats and all sorts of things. So I have, gotcha. you know, all sorts of little projects. But, good, um, yeah. Good. So one of them, I think you're over at Substack and Joan in Ordinary Time. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. So uh, joanmwatson.substack.com. My website's Joan M. Watson. I also have an online scripture community that, um, an online community gotcha. that studies scripture. Scripture's always been my love. It's always been okay. um, kind of the focus of my my teaching and writing. And so I just help try to help Catholics fall in love with the scriptures. Well, that's a great job. That's an awesome mission, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, for sure. Um, so one of the things that you're very interested in right now uh, and very engaged with, and I think you have been really since since it got going, is uh, the series uh, The Chosen, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I, I think you'd have to, you know, sort of live under a rock or or something like that, right? <laughs> to not to have heard of it, especially if you're at all engaged in your faith, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether you're Catholic or Protestant, there's uh, a lot of interest uh, in this series. In fact, really just remarkably so. Uh, just as a just as a media achievement, it's something else, right? You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. A Christian media achievement, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's right. That's yeah. Phenomenal. Yes, yeah, self-fund, like funded by just contributions and things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just uh remarkable and amazing. Um, and I think, you know, Joni, I know that a lot of people have found this series to be very edifying. Uh, I know for some people it's even probably been a opportunity for conversion. Right. I mean, Absolutely. some of the stories, yeah. you know, uh, that yeah. you hear. Uh, it's also, you know, sort of uh, one that's caused a lot of critical discussion. Right. Uh, um, which, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, it's it's fine for us to. 
be discerning, right, uh, in our right. Uh, uh, engagement with uh, these kinds of things. Um, and, you know, especially, I think, you know, we all have to be that way, especially in our kind of media environment, right? Like, I mean, media Absolutely. is so powerful, right? They're so good yeah. at eliciting our feelings and passions and so forth. It's important to uh, to be discerning uh, about this. Uh, in your normal engagement with this, you've sort of looked at it, I think, episode by episode for the most part. Or Correct. Yes. episodes, uh, and it's a really good series there that you do. You provide good commentary from a Catholic and biblical perspective, which is really great. Uh, but today, what we want to do is get an opportunity to talk to you about some of the bigger philosophical and theological questions that are there, mm-hmm. um, which uh, I think I will enjoy. But I think our I think our audience will benefit from it, especially in terms of some of the critical conversation um, that's that's gone on. But before we get into those, could you just maybe those questions tell us a little bit about your interests and how did you get sure. interested in it? Why did you just sort of so, uh, so quickly uh, get engaged with it? Yeah. So I did start watching it pretty early on. So it really, um, it really kind of blew up during the pandemic, the early days of the mm-hmm. pandemic, like when mm-hmm. we were all locked up. Um, right. And it, so it was like 2020 and my uncle actually saw it even before that. So I think most, okay. you know, early adopters saw it when they made it free um, during the pandemic, my mm. uncle had seen it even before that. So he was a very early adopter okay. and my uncle is not easy to impress. Um, he is a very, you know, Orthodox faithful Catholic. Um, and he was really excited about this Jesus show and he got yeah. my mom really excited about it. And my mom's not easy to impress. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so they told me about it and I was just like, I'm not, I, I cat like Christian media is not my favorite. Um, I, I don't think it's usually done well, (laughs) partly because there's no money behind it. And I was like, this is a a fun, a self-funded show. Like, there's no way this can be good. Like, it's going to be cheesy. (laughs) It's going to be badly directed. I don't have Mm -hmm. time to watch a bad Jesus show. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people kind of, that was their first instinct when they heard about it. Mm -hmm. But the fact that my uncle and my mom kept telling me to watch it, I was like, okay, I'll watch it. So I watched the first episode (laughs) And I was so confused and it was dark and I could, I mean, it was dark, like, like literally Mm -hmm. dark Mm -hmm. and I didn't know who anybody was. And so I didn't watch it again. I just stopped watching it. And then my mom kind of said, you need to watch it. So I watched it and I stuck with it Mm -hmm. and the end of that first episode. And then I think the third and fourth episode, I was hooked. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then I actually used it to teach. And I think that was a really important thing. I used it to, in a youth group, um, well, I showed it at work. We'd watched it at lunch at work and we would okay. watch an episode at lunch. And then I would have people that would come if they wanted to discuss something. Sure. Then I did that with a youth group. And so I was watching the episodes again and again, and mm. I was getting more and more out of them. And yeah. I was seeing what other people were getting out of them. And mm. I thought there's a lot of possibility for catechesis. I love the scriptures and I love teaching. Mm. And suddenly I saw it as an instrument. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when I started the podcast, Jones Take on the Chosen, mm-hmm. because there was so much confusion, especially in the first episodes. I felt like the first episodes needed to be unpacked a little bit. Sure. Right, and right. then there was so many, like there was just so, there were so many rich themes to be mm-hmm. pulled out as well. So I started the podcast and then I, I just realized, like, I think this is a way to bring the scriptures to people and this would be a great teaching tool. So that's kind of how my interest began. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, I know even just uh, I haven't done any work with it in that way. Uh, I've watched it a lot. But I know even just uh, for my family, uh, it's been a good opportunity for discussions 
uh, about the scriptures out for my, my myself and my sons, you know, to kind of sit around and 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 talk. We, you know, we want we we look forward to it coming out on Sunday nights, you know, and we mm-hmm. watch it, and then we you know we'll have a conversation about it uh, that evening or the next day, uh, like on the way to school, you know. So we have a, a good yeah. long drive that next morning. So uh, it's it is um, a good opportunity uh, for uh, discussions and catechesis. You know, we had a great little discussion about. You know, in season three, when they open with, uh, or is it in season three, they open with, uh, they, no, it's a couple of episodes in season three, where they have that long black and white uh, montage mm. of mm-hmm. the apostles going out two by two. And probably one of the ones that was the most interesting, just kind of visually to me, was the the one with the fault, the, the magician or the wizard or the yes. priest like cutting the bird open and all of that right and you like we had this big long discussion the boys and i did about magic and divination and what's wrong with magic and divination it was like that was a good conversation to have you know uh so yeah there's just lots of opportunities uh uh like that uh for sure um and i think you know a lot of people have do you think that's why so many people have reacted to it enthusiastically i think so i i mean i think both both I think it both ways um, because I think there's so much potential that I think it also, that's why the criticism comes, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if it's, if it's not something we should be doing, it's certainly caught the world by storm. Right. And it's <laughs> sure. maybe giving us some thoughts that we shouldn't have, you know, as mm-hmm. we'll talk about. Um, but I think, I, I think the fact that it's done well, that mm-hmm. people are hungry for good media, that we're, we're so tired cool. of right. having to yeah. be careful about what we turn the t- what on the TV. We can't, mm-hmm. there's so much we can't watch as families. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like mm-hmm. kids shows and adult shows and <laughs> never the twain shall meet, right? And so the fact that you can watch this with your kids and then talk about it and then mm-hmm. and be talking about Jesus or talking about Im- important moral issues, mm-hmm. I think it, it provides, it's filled such a gap that we haven't sure. seen in media yeah. in so long. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you're right. Uh, and also, I think, you know, uh, one of the things is that, that people that excites people, I think, are the the those encounter scenes. Right. With Jesus mm-hmm. that are so powerful. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it really does. Uh, you know, there, there's you know, they do a good job uh, in sort of setting up the stories and setting mm-hmm. up the encounters and framing things. But then there's these, you know, sort of really powerful scenes, um, you know, where you encounter where, where a person encounters Jesus, yeah, right? Absolutely. And yeah. uh, and you've spoken about that on, uh, on on your podcast, but I think that's something that really draws people in. Yeah. And I think that's actually, you know, we, we could talk about this, but I think when we talk about the chosen, what does that even refer to? And mm-hmm. I think most of us, were, I mean, I thought at the beginning it was Christ. And I think in some ways it does refer to sure. Christ as the chosen. I think it refers mm-hmm. to the Jewish people as the chosen, mm-hmm. but I think it refers to us and it mm-hmm. calls us out that Christ is choosing us and we should see ourselves in these characters, mm-hmm. which character, like how is Christ calling me and what's preventing me from, from following him? What's mm-hmm. standing in the way? How is he right. calling me that we are chosen? But those encounters I think are so powerful because we see ourselves in them so often. Mm-hmm. And there is sometimes a long setup, like for Peter, for example, there's a long setup for <laughs> right. Peter's encounter. Right. And you're like, what the heck is going on? And why? And is this even, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm. but I think the payoff is so important. And sure. that encounter to see, it just, it hits, I mean, it hits you. There was a long time when I couldn't watch a few of the episodes without, without tearing up because uh, it was so realistic, but I was also seeing myself or someone I know in that mm-hmm. character. And I think mm-hmm. they're so powerful. 
That's great. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So what, you know, when you think about uh, uh, The Chosen and those sort of aspects of the catechetical aspect, you know, sort of the kind of maybe the personal uh, sort of uh, encounter aspect, um, that brings to mind, I think, that, uh, you know, sort of the question of like, well, just what is it? You know, uh, mm-hmm. I spent some time thinking about that uh, when I was first, because I was surprised that I liked it so much too, right? So yeah. Uh, yeah. A- along with the Watsons, uh, I'm also <laughs> not easily impressed. <laughs> so, the, uh, so I was, uh, you know, uh, I I was like, wow, I really like this. What is, why, you know? And, uh, um, and I think I may have watched the first episode twice in a row, uh, mm-hmm. just like watched it and then watched it again. Uh, mm-hmm. because I was just so uh, um, impressed with it. Um, but then that also got me thinking, like, well, what is this thing, right? Um, and by that, I mean, like, and this kind of, I think, is connected to the criticisms of it to some degree, or at least connected to that discussion. Is it, uh, is it systematic theology, right? Is it a sermon, Um is it, is it those sorts of things? And I had to kind of sort that out in my mind a little bit before I felt really comfortable, uh, I think, with it. Have you thought about that, journey? I have, because I think I agree with you in that's kind of a key question to how we approach it. it, it how, what is it trying to do? And mm-hmm. if it's systematic theology... I don't think I would like it as much as I do. <laughs> right. um, yeah, because no, the there are, there are, pro- I have problems with it. Like I don't accept sure. it wholeheartedly. Like everything mm-hmm. the chosen does is right. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that's an important question to answer. And I think there may be a few different answers because I think okay. there is a bit of biblical commentary or exegesis being done. Okay. Um, I actually think, at times he teaches the, the scriptures very well. And I'm referring mm-hmm. to Dallas, who's the writer mm-hmm. and creator and producer. Um, I think there are times where he he introduces things that the average person might not know about. Um, I was, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the episode when the um, it's when Jesus and his apostles are plucking the grain off the, the, you know, in the, the field, sure. there's a reference in that episode as there is in scripture to David and the showbread. Right, well, right. I don't know about the average, you know, non-Catholic, sure. but the average Catholic doesn't know that story, right? right and right. so for him to unpack that earlier on in the episode, mm-hmm. at least show it, I think there is some some good biblical unpacking done, whether that's mm-hmm. exegesis or biblical commentary. But I think, and I don't know what genre I would put this in, but I think it's really about leading us to prayer. I think it's more a, of a Lexio Divina Ignatian scriptural exercise okay. than it is anything because I think ultimately and he said this the creator has said this it says it at the very beginning of the show mm-hmm. in this on the screen he doesn't want this to be your only experience in Jesus Christ he wants sure. you to go read the scriptures and I mm-hmm. think we can see that's what it's done for people mm-hmm. and people have then gone to the scriptures I mean there's testimonies of people who are not Christian who have never really read the Bible who are opening the Bible and reading it for the first time and becoming Christian um so for me the series is about self-reflection and meditation and leading me to prayer and doing so in a language that our culture understands right, right so sure. our culture, this is how our culture takes in information now. Mm-hmm. This is how we experience things. 
And so in a way, I think it's teaching us in a language that we speak right now and mm-hmm. then leading us into the actual scriptures. So mm-hmm. I know like, so I don't know what genre I would put it in, but I think it's prayer and I think it's art. And I think mm-hmm. we have, I think it's important to to appre- like to approach it as this man the fruit of this man's prayer. Sure. His right. personal prayer. And you can take some of that and you can leave some of that, right? Because it's his personal sure. prayer. Sure. And and then artistically presenting it to our culture in a way that our culture understands because that's how our culture mm-hmm. thinks and mm-hmm. takes in information today. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. Would you yeah, agree? Yeah, I think I think I mean I think we, I think it's art. Right. And I think I've had to think about it as Christian art. Um, And one thing, you know, uh, in philosophical discussions about art, you know, we very quickly get uh, very often, especially Catholics, will uh, move into an argument about realism versus uh, non-realism, right, in art. Okay, And I think probably uh, depending on sort of like where your background is, where you come from, like you might even have really passionate views about this and maybe even change some views. So. There was a time, I'll say, when I, uh, you know, pretty much anything abstract was from Satan, pretty much, right? I'm right. exaggerating a little, but, <laughs> you know, right? uh, but, you know, he's, you know, the more I studied and the more I thought about it and the more I looked at things and observed, right? You know, icons are actually pretty abstract uh, and they're pretty traditional Christian form of art. Uh, nobody's that flat and two-dimensional right? <laughs> right. life, you know? Uh, and even if you look at, I remember... It, it really struck me, this is odd, but I was watching uh, a documentary and it highlighted the the gate, uh, the, the doorways over Chartres Cathedral, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, they're pretty mm-hmm. famous. And they were talking about the figures and paying attention to the, fa- the figures and pointing out how elongated the faces are and how elongated mm-hmm. the hands are. They actually kind of look like aliens if you look at them really <laughs> closely. Like they have these big long fingers. Whatever. And I started looking at it and I was like, well, that's that's abstract too you know mm. um so anyways and, and thinking about sort of art um and that art can be it's not always but a wide variety of forms of art right mm. seem to be useful both in expressing what's you know beautiful uh but also um in eliciting faith right there being opportunities mm-hmm. for grace um and so when I think about the chosen, right, that kind of gives me a, um, a, a, I guess, a broader-minded engagement with it than I might have otherwise, right? Yeah. If I was sitting there with my Bible and my Summa, right, uh, uh, you know, and like, you know, checking every statement, you know, I might, first off, that would be a jerky thing to do, but <laughs> besides that, you know, I, uh, I would, I'd kind of miss it. You know, you'd be missing the, right. the, the forest exactly. trees, right? You know, yeah. it's like, you know, just engage it. Now, again, I do take as a very important a doctrinal discernment, right? You don't want to just uh, let the art sort of overwhelm you, right? Yeah, sure. um, because the art does, right? I mean, I think Plato, so, you know, when he talks about that music stirs the soul, right, more than anything else, he's right. I mean, there is this way in which art does impact us, right? Yeah, um, yeah. The uh, you know some of the the most famous paintings like uh, that I think of are like the ones from Giotto probably are the ones mm-hmm. that I I find personally at this mm-hmm. point like the, the most impactful, but you know they're uh, they're sort of overwhelming I think in a way uh, that doesn't necessarily mean they're bad 
right? But it doesn't necessarily mean the good too. So I do see that there's yeah. some yeah. some balance you need to have there. But I thought of it as Christian art. Then I had to think, okay, well, what makes for good Christian art? What makes for bad Christian art? I think first is that it's good art, <laughs> right? Right. Which is right. kind of what you were addressing earlier, that yeah. uh, oftentimes, unfortunately, our current Christian presentations aren't very good uh, sometimes. Right. Uh, but I thought that that, that, that sort of, making that sort of pivot yeah kind of made it possible for me to, to kind of I think um be more open to it than I maybe would have otherwise yes I think that I I completely agree because I think in the in the podcast I do I do try to break down each episode and say you know I agree with this I don't agree with this the sure, church yeah. might not agree with this mm-hmm. and I think it's important to have that you know, we don't want to just accept what the chosen says as mm-hmm. doctrinal truth, right? There's sure, a danger in sure, that. Right. But like you said, I don't want to sit there and nitpick while I'm watching the episode because I'm going to miss <laughs> the message of what. And I think it's always, it's just good to remember, this is art. This mm-hmm. is, this isn't infallible. This isn't necessarily right, right. what, and so receive it as art, receive mm-hmm. the messages. So far, I have not seen any blaring warning signs (laughs) that we should be careful about what we're Mm. receiving right there's Mm. little things of course i think are wrong but um but receive it as art and then let it lead you to christ like and i think if we have that kind of balanced mindset i think that's a really important balance to have that Mm. just because i like the chosen doesn't mean i agree with everything sure of course not right Right. Right. um but i really think there's an impact and that it can be used to spread the gospel absolutely Mm. like the scene of matthew for example the calling of matthew Mm. i've used that multiple times teaching about discipleship and about calling Uh and i've uh shown it because it stirs the soul in a way mm. that I'm sorry, just for, uh, for the modern American right. reading right. the scripture, most of us don't have the imagination. Most of us can't be entered mm. into the scene in the same way. And mm. so to show that, to have that artistic depiction mm-hmm. is, it, it's probably like someone walking into the Sistine Chapel, right? Sure. Like yeah. it, at that time. Right. And so, so to use it to mm. lead us to prayer and not necessarily is this systematically, theologically, you know, <laughs> or to, even historically, right? Like, right but to yeah. um, to allow it to lead us. I think mm-hmm. approaching it as art is is probably key. Yeah, I think it helped me a lot, and I think it does uh, maybe address or help us address maybe some of the concerns and criticisms. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the criticisms, of course, that's you know um, pretty straightforward, um, is that this is so. They, there's no hiding, and they don't hide, right? That is the producers that they are adding things to scripture, right? Yeah. Uh, in fact, adding quite a bit, right? Uh, in some in some episodes, um, the first like three episodes aren't even <laughs> scriptural, right? right? right and right. so yeah. some yeah. people have criticized that about season three, like, oh, there's mm-hmm. all these extra storylines, and I was like, they they've never made a, mm-hmm. they've never hidden the fact that they're adding storylines, story right? Lines. Yeah. So right, the first right. three episodes are all, you know, added, but that's sorry, right. Yeah. Continue. No, that's okay. Uh, so uh, some people uh, object to that, right? That mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. um, we've got a record. Of, I think if I was to kind of put the criticism, maybe as best I could, we have a, a, a depiction of Christ in scripture. You're adding to that, right? Um, in a, in a lot of significant ways, um, doesn't that, in a sense, you know, if you think about, say, the New Testament, especially this, you know, this, the Gospels, I mean, those are sort of precious 
records, mm-hmm. right, of yes. our Lord's uh, time on earth. Um, we want those to be maybe pristinely guarded, right, <laughs> as privileged, right, because yeah. they are inspired, right, yes. records of our Lord. Doesn't this just kind of mess up, make the picture messy, maybe mislead people, um, cause distractions uh, from what's in like inspired scriptural representation of Christ? Yeah, yeah. I think it goes back to, I mean, if we treat it as art, if we treat it as leading mm-hmm. us to prayer. So we have we have to keep in perspective what this is. And if anybody's mm-hmm. going to watch this and think, it's word for word scripture. That's a pro- that's a huge problem, right? And so mm-hmm. I think we have to watch it in an educated way and right, realize, right. okay, this is adding stuff, right? And I don't mm-hmm. have to believe that Peter was late on his taxes, right? That's not <laughs> like I don't have to believe any sure. of that. <laughs> right, right. One person's interpretation, right? Mm-hmm. But I think we've actually been doing it through in the last two thousand years. Mm-hmm. We've done exactly this. We've entered okay. into the scriptures, and I mean Ignatius. St. Ignatius says to, you know, put yourself in the scripture story, to read the scriptures, put yourself in the story. What do you smell? What do you hear? What do you see? Mm-hmm. Those aren't in scripture, right? But that's right. a way to pray. And it's an important way to pray because mm-hmm. the scripture were that we know there was more mm-hmm. to Christ's ministry than what is written on scripture. We don't believe sure. in sola scriptura, right? And sure. so while my, the fruit of my prayer isn't inspired, inspired the way the scriptures are inspired mm-hmm. it can help me understand the scriptures better absolutely that's what the great mm-hmm. saints did um this is what the great artists did right they mm-hmm. painted pictures that aren't like sometimes they painted scenes that aren't in scripture <laughs> and we can see them and say okay that's not in scripture but that could have happened or that could have happened in that way right mm-hmm. and so i think there is criticism but i think it's kind of short sight like small minded of we want to find it. We want to find error in this Protestant, right? Like, I mean, that on top of it, we have Catholics worried, right? Because yeah. Dallas Jenkins' father wrote the Left Behind series, right? So, yep, true. not sympathetic to Catholicism. At least his father hasn't shown sympathies to Catholicism. Right. And do I watch every episode, kind of holding my breath? Absolutely, <laughs> right? I mean, I think we should sure. mm-hmm. because we don't know. We don't at any point. Right. He could throw something that we don't agree is true, that we don't believe is true, that mm-hmm. isn't true, because I think mm-hmm. the Catholic, because you know, Catholicism, I think is true. Um, <laughs> so I think it's all about our approach. Mm-hmm. But I think we have to remember we've been doing this for 2000 years, trying mm-hmm. to enter into the scripture story in a way mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. helps us understand what was happening, mm-hmm. because the four gospels don't tell us everything. And it tells mm-hmm. they tell us everything that is required for salvation. Absolutely. Right. We don't okay. need anything else. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Like I'm not coming yeah. to say we need to add scripture. <laughs> right? uh-huh. They give us everything necessary for salvation, but we don't believe that we can't pray with them through mm-hmm. Lexio Divina or this Ignatian or through art. Um, so sure. that would kind of be my response. Absolutely. They're adding to scripture, but not in, I, we need to watch it knowing they're adding the scripture, but not in a way that's, inspired by the holy spirit sure right yeah yeah so it's not infallible but it still might be useful right mm, um, mm-hmm. uh, something like that um yeah you know, and that's why way, you could take or leave the chosen like if people are sure. like i hate the chosen i'm like okay 
Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. God bless you. Go on your way. Right? Like, I'm not right, going right. to say that everybody needs to watch The Chosen to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, right? right sure, I'm going to sure. say it's helped me and it's helped a lot of people, right? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's interesting. You know, I mean, like if your if your response is, I'm too busy reading the New Testament in Greek uh, to to you know to watch <laughs> the Okay, right. Right, exactly. But <laughs> if you're too, in, you know, you're too busy watching Tiger King and Breaking that's Bad, right. well, then I that's have right. another, you know, question. Yeah, you got another option there. And yeah. one of the things that's yeah. kind of interesting about watching the show because I've wondered, you know, what I get out of it. Um, uh, you know, uh, I just find it, it's, um, it's sort of like, you know, if you have these, say, you compare, like, say, the New Testament uh, Gospels, right? to letters from your beloved who is not present mm. right and those are wonderful letters right and you and you value those letters because those are the letters of your beloved right um and they're you know, like they're the number one thing right but you might also sort of like um daydream <laughs> you know mm-hmm. about you know and mm-hmm. think like what is your beloved doing now mm-hmm. or you know like maybe memories of an event Right, you might try yeah. to remember that that time, the last time you saw the the yeah. beloved. You know what I'm saying? Like you're gonna want to do more, or you might talk to a friend about the your beloved, right? Who's yeah. uh, you know who remembers your beloved as well, right? Uh, you're not gonna just say, "Well, I've just got these four letters," and and damn it, that's it, right? That's uh, a great, yeah. You know, you're gonna say, like, well, "How dare you <laughs> think about what the beloved may be doing right now? How dare you think <laughs> right. that you have the letters? That's what you have to you know. <laughs> stick to the letters, right? Yeah, and right. It's not because I put anything above the letters. If I could, if I only had one thing, it'd be the letters because they're, you know, the the writings right from from that person. But there's other means by which you can sort of think about and sort of engage yeah. uh, that you know that person. Absolutely. Um, and it seems to me that's a lot of what scripture does. And a lot of, you know, I mean, why sit, why sing hymns? Why don't just, why not just use mm. prose only, right? You know, right. <laughs> you could yes. just say that. Well, besides the, the, the obvious that in scripture, we do have poetry uh, and hymns, but, you know, we want more than, like if mm-hmm. it's not from a lack of love, right? Right. It actually you, springs forth from more, love. Exactly, right, right. Yeah. Now, you know, yeah. And again, there's a, there are those caveats, right? Um, that I think we've spoken to that you have to you know be aware of if somebody if I started talking to a friend and they started saying all sorts of crazy things like you know by the way your beloved's a Buddhist why aren't you a Buddhist wait a second (laughs) right Right. like if we were talking and I think we can get into some of the errors but if if the chosen started presenting a unbiblical presentation Mm -hmm. of Jesus or the apostles completely Mm -hmm. unbiblical right like we're talking like last temptation of Christ I would not be telling people that that's a depiction they should use for prayer, right? And right. so we also sure. have to stand by the rule of faith, which is what the, mm. the church has always said. That's sure. how you evaluate something, mm. right? The tradition of the apostles, the rule of faith. And while there are some things I disagree with, and we can talk about like the level of that, um, mm-hmm. if as long as it's depicting a accurate depiction of my beloved, mm-hmm. which I think it is, um, you know, then we can use it. And so once you mm-hmm. go off, like if somebody came and had this completely different view of mm-hmm. the gospel message based on the chosen, right. well, we should start having some issues, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So I would, yeah, I would draw the, I would distinguish between consistent with and contrary to, right? Mm. Uh, so. Um, You're such a philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, so you could say that there are things 
that are added, right? Mm -hmm. That I don't believe are contradictory to what's mm -hmm. in the New Testament, right? Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, may not only be, that's just kind of like a minimum level, right? But actually maybe, you know, sort of illustrate, you know, what's in, in scripture or exemplify it, right? Um, then there is there would be those things that are contrary, right? So if somebody mm -hmm. starts, you know, the, the area where I would be the most concerned is if, uh, where I would uh, imagine the greatest temptation might be in our own times if, the moral teaching of scripture begins to be undermined, Absolutely. right? You know, yes. if, if Christ all of a sudden just starts saying things like, you know, fornication are okay or whatever, things of that yeah. nature, you know, you're gonna be like, wait yeah. a second, you know, no. <laughs> and yes. again, that goes to my, I think my example about your beloved, right? If somebody's telling right. you a story, uh, oh, I got a letter from her and she actually was telling me she's Buddhist. And I'm like, wait a second, uh-uh. I'm not believing right. that, right? Exactly. Uh, because it's contrary, right, to what I do have written down. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And I think there's, we can also get distracted by um, other commentary. I say this as somebody who does commentary on the chosen, but <laughs> sure. we, we want to be careful. We're not, um, like there was an Instagram post that was relating to, by the chosen, that was relating to one of the episodes that was saying something that we would disagree with, that we don't need mm -hmm. the church, right? Mm -hmm. Um that's an Instagram post for the caption. Like, I think we yeah. want to be careful. I treat the chosen as the chosen interviews, you know, whether with the writers, like, I think it's, it's kind of the sub, like, I'm just mm. looking at what is the chosen present. And so far sure. it hasn't presented anything contrary from the gospel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. 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 I, I would say, yeah, so far, uh, <clears throat> the, uh, and anything I think that's gotten close would be kind of on the, um, sort of uh, issues there mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. um here, there's a here's a criticism that i'm uh, i'm sympathetic to though i want to see what you have to respond to this this comes from uh so i'm really i've gotten really interested in reading stuff on iconoclasm for uh, some odd reason mm -hmm. but anyways and count second council of nicaea and, and all this stuff right uh and there's it's a it, it's actually a a a, a mm, Messier area than one might anticipate, I guess you might say, right? Um, but in any event, uh, one of the kinds of arguments that's used by um, the iconoclast, um, they didn't like to be called that themselves, interestingly. <laughs> <laughs> you know? but, not. The, uh, but uh, is that, um, you know, when you're doing something like with the chosen or say an icon or an image, right? Um, the, the problem is that, or one of the potential problems, right, isn't so much, isn't that Christ wasn't incarnate or something like that, right? It's rather that he was incarnate and he did have a, a personality and he did have a visage, right? Mm -hmm. Like that his friends would have noticed and recognized from afar. And we don't have it, mm -hmm. right? So that it's actually because he was incarnate, right? Right shouldn't do these things because we're i mean unless you could go back to the time right you're misrepresenting him right yeah like that's it's it's not an anti-incarnational position right it's an incarnation right. he did have a real yeah. personality and he did have a real visage and you're misrepresenting it right uh almost certainly right right um, at least in like some way or the other um and then more broadly, I guess, would be the issue of, okay, let's say I really love, and I actually, I really enjoy the depiction of Jesus, right? Uh, and in this, I think he's a very nice balance 
in some ways. He does. He can sort of get serious, right? Right. <laughs> and he has those times, and yeah. uh, and so. Um, but what if I really like the personality of this depiction of Jesus, and what if it's mostly false, as yeah. in not wrong dogmatically, right? Like there's nothing like some sort of heresy in it, right? But let's just say Jesus actually isn't wasn't actually like this portrayal. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's entirely yeah. possible, right? I mean, yeah. what if he was kind of more I don't know melancholic and dour, right? right. I mean, it's at least possible that that that, that it, would be his personality, right? I don't know why everybody would follow him, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that would be like his, you know, it's just the, the words, right? The and the miracles, uh, yeah. But um, in the event, um, uh, once you have that sort of picture now, you've, you've developed this, mm-hmm. oh, wow, I really like this very personable Jesus in uh, The Chosen. Uh, they could distract from, I could start to think that that's true, which might not be the end of the world, but then I might start worshiping that and following yeah. that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um rather than the true version i guess yeah and then the last little bit here is maybe i might draw some inferences from that that i shouldn't do you, yeah. do you follow what i'm saying right yeah so here's, here's yeah. this fiction and it's very personable and and from that i start to draw some inferences good or ill right about the truth of things Right. You know, well, I know Jesus and the chosen wouldn't have acted like that. And so, but right. you know, and like, right. well, wait a second. Right. No, <laughs> right. But anyway, so go ahead. So I'm going to answer that last one last. And so okay. don't let me forget that I want to talk about that. But okay. um, I mean, I think that is probably also what I'm most sympathetic to this, this mm-hmm. argument that um, we are, we are claiming it may be in a sense to believe what Jesus was like. And we don't know. Yeah. Um, partly, I think, the character of Jesus and the chosen is based on what we know of the things we know about him in scripture. Right. So um, a lot of his dialogue, not all of his dialogue as we've mentioned, there's stuff that's been added, but a lot of it is straight from scripture. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, like I really, I really like this depiction of him. I think he's um, he's, he, I'd follow him. Right. Like mm-hmm. he's fun. He, you know, <laughs> what if he wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And we don't know that, right. We don't have mm-hmm. a depiction of him in scripture playing games with the apostles. Right. We just don't. Um, but I would go back to the fact that the church allowed icons. And so mm. why are we now, you know, the church has said Jesus came with a human face. And so we can depict his human face. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, again, removed from, let's say, the Renaissance, the Renaissance painters depicted Jesus in lots of different ways. <laughs> sure, sure. Sometimes lots like, of different ways. Yeah, sometimes and we, like people they knew. <laughs> right, exactly. And we go so far as to admire that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, go sure. to San Luigi in Rome and mm-hmm. see Caravaggio's calling to St. Matthew. St. Matthew's wearing Renaissance clothing. We mm-hmm. don't, we don't, and there's lots of artistic reasons for that. And people will talk about, well, Jesus is wearing the time, the period clothing, but Matthew, we need to put ourselves in the story. So Matthew's wearing Renaissance clothing and we eat it up, right? Sure. But then at the same, when I was studying in Rome, there was mm-hmm. an a, um, art exhibit north of town at Santa Maria de Popolo. And I'll never forget, there was a picture of Jesus and these, like, he was wearing blue jeans. And mm. I was so horrified by the, by the <laughs> thought of, like, depicting, and I was like, oh, this modern art, how dare they put Jesus in blue jeans. And then I, I had to, like, call myself, like, okay, wait a minute. I'm okay with depictions of Jesus in, like, tights and the Renaissance, 
but I'm not okay. You know, not that Caravaggio is <laughs> fixing him that way, but, sure. but right. Like I think sometimes we're so removed from things like Renaissance art that we can admire it in there sure. and not, you know, yeah. um, I can see myself so having this, the same reaction. I could right, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, like, you serious, yeah. <laughs> but he can go, you know, where, you know, some like, you know, Netherlands, you know, all sure. that Netherlands art right? is all like, <laughs> mm. um, and so I mean, I think, I think we it has to go back to we have to treat this as art and we have to uh, like we have to take what we can from it and we don't have to take everything from it right sure. and so there is a danger in allowing this to influence to us too much but going back to what you said about the moral life like as soon as it starts contradicting mm -hmm. his moral teaching I think we need mm -hmm. to be worried but mm -hmm. just like it would be wrong to worship a this like fun happy going love from Jesus I think it'd be wrong to like to worship a melancholic dower Jesus, right? Mm. We because we don't know, we do have to stay with what we know. And so we go back to the scriptures for prayer. Sure. Um, I don't know if any of that makes sense, but I think it does, yeah. I think I am sympathetic to that that concern that are we are we falling in love with these people that are yeah. are, are are fictional characters and so, believing yeah. that they're the apostles and Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's a that's gonna be an issue. So what if somebody said to you, Jenny, uh I love Jesus more from 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 watching this, and I'm going to get a, 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 a part that I know that you particularly like. I'm going to love Jesus more because of the way he treated Eden, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think about that? I I mean I have to say I have found it easier to pray at times because mm -hmm. of the chosen, and mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest about that. I. Mm -hmm. It's helped me to see the scriptures come alive in this mm -hmm. way and to see the person of Jesus Christ. I am very, I'm a very visual, gotcha. um, mm -hmm. like when I pray, I visualize things. And right now Christ hasn't appeared to me yet to show me his true face. <laughs> so I find myself mm -hmm. weirdly enough visualizing, right? The scenes from the chosen and, mm -hmm. um, for good or for ill, right? Um, mm -hmm. And so I will say I've I've come. To, I think I've come to. I've been able to pray better. Do I love Jesus mm -hmm. more? I don't know, right? Mm -hmm. But I have sympathy with that because I think sure the stories it's depicted are even the ones that aren't in scripture mm -hmm. are based in what we've seen Jesus preach. It's easy for Jesus. It's easy to read the Sermon on the Mount and to be told to love your enemies. To mm. be told to forgive, sure, you know, yeah, 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 I got you. when you yeah. see that played out in these stories, sure, it becomes yeah. real, especially, especially and with it's Matthew hard and... to ignore, mm. right? Right, yeah, with Matthew. Yeah. I mean, I think one of, and we can talk about this at the end, but I think one of the themes is the challenge to mm. us of the unexpectedness of the way Christ works, okay. and we can say that we can hear that in a sermon, we can talk about that, but to see mm. it played out. Mm. So I think even these these non-scriptural scenes are mm -hmm. are based on the teaching of Christ in the Sermon okay. on the Mount and his public yeah, ministry. Right, right. right. Um, so yeah. but, but when you, the very last thing about, you know, what if we make inference from I'd also say we've done that for 2000 years. And I'll use the example of Matthew's gospel, the Annunciation of Joseph. Okay. Many saints have written about the angel telling Joseph that Mary's pregnant. And guess what? Lots of saints have disagreed on the way that scene played out. 
because mm-hmm. we don't have we don't we don't know the way it played out. We have words, but mm-hmm. those words are without inflection. Those mm-hmm. words are without emotion. And so saints have have taken infer they've inferred things about mm-hmm. Joseph, about mm-hmm. our response to Christ. They, they've actually taught using this depiction from Matthew one. Mm-hmm. Contrary things about what Joseph thought, about mm-hmm. how Joseph behaved, right? Ultimately, they all agree that Joseph is a just man and he obeyed the sure. angel and he took right. right. But but did he think Mary committed adultery? Did he think that Mary uh-huh. ma- saints mm-hmm. have written contradictory mm-hmm. things about it and then taken moral teaching from that contradictory teaching? And mm-hmm. why are we okay with that? You know, like we don't know. So, like when you read, for example, when you read Matthew one, depending on the inflection, completely mm. changes possibly what the angel's saying. Like Joseph, right. son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. That seems to indicate that Joseph knew, and that he was a little worried, which would be called the perplexity or the reverence theory. Um, mm. And saints have held the reverence theory that Joseph knew what was happening. He knew Isaiah. He knew it was happening. He wanted to remove himself, right? Um, mm. That's very different than Joseph thought he, she was an adulterer and wanted nothing to do with it. And the sure. angel had to come say, like, listen. Um, <laughs> and so I use that as an example because saints have done this. Saints have taken the words of scripture mm. in which we don't have inflection. We don't have, like, we just have words. They can be mm. interpreted different ways. And they've taken lessons from those. And so even though this is a very different medium than writing a a homily about the scripture Mm -hmm. i would say we're doing the same thing we're taking Mm -hmm. words from scripture and we're you know extrapolating meaning from them that may or may Mm -hmm. not have been true right Mm -hmm. does that make sense it does yeah um yeah i mean there's a lot there johnny um the i think the um exegesis right has its challenges Mm-hmm. Right? And the example that you brought up is one of those sort of like, uh, um, you know, sort of uh, common topics, right, of mm-hmm. you know, sort of exegetical disagreement, right, um, in plurality, right? I think there's probably any number of passages where there are equally plausible theories, right? Right. Um, now, I'll also say, I think that there are passages that are, that are not equally plausible theories, right? <laughs> It's not all Absolutely. opaque, right? You know? um, right. But, um, yeah, I see what you're saying. I guess my, so um, certainly, you know, the that's the job of the theologian, right, is to try to interpret scripture, expound scripture, draw inferences where that's possible, uh, mm-hmm. try to come up with the best conclusions. Um, it seems to me there's a... Uh, I feel on I feel on safer ground, right? If I was being cautious here, moving from scripture, right, than yeah. moving from an actor's portrayal of Jesus. But could we say this actor's portrayal, like the script, is exactly mm-hmm. the hot? Sure. You know, like the script is someone moving from scripture from scripture. Yeah, I think so it's you an can't exegesis, watch the right. chosen. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, and I, I again, I like I don't want to say like it's total ex- like I don't want to put it in mm. that genre, but mm. but I think the script we could say is some. I think it's clear that this is a fruit of Dallas's prayer. I, I don't sure. think you mm-hmm. could get some of this without spending time mm-hmm. doing Lexio Divina. Um, and so yes, how this actor depicts that, but 
that's the the media that we work with today, right? And so yeah, rather sure. than John Chrysostom giving us a homily about it, we and <laughs> right. I, do I put uh, John Chrysostom and Dallas on the same level? Absolutely not, right? Sure, sure. I'm right, not right, going right. to say that Dallas is uh, the modern Ambrose mm-hmm. and Jerome, right? Mm-hmm. Like no, but I guess I just throw that out there as we've 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 toyed with this meaning of scripture for a long time. Mm-hmm. And we've struggled with it and we've mm-hmm. come to different conclusions. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we'll know in heaven. We'll know in heaven what <laughs> Joseph's reaction was. We'll know in uh, heaven who Mary Magdalene is, right? Like there. we don't, there's argument about the Marys of scripture sure, and Mary sure, Magdalene yeah, and Mary Bethany. Right, right. And it all we can do is our best because mm-hmm. for some reason, God only gave us the four gospels, right? And, <laughs> and, and he did that knowing mm-hmm. we were going to do all this, mm-hmm. right? Like he, he, for some reason, he didn't depict it. He didn't give us every single detail. Mm -hmm. And I think in that wisdom, he's okay with us doing this as long as Mm -hmm. we stay within the bounds of the rule of faith. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we'll figure it all out in heaven. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair. That's good. Um, The um, uh, sort of a related matter that we, uh, to this, and that we don't have to belabor it too much, but I just want to kind of bring it up before we shift over. Um, is um, talking about the depiction of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people like the depiction of Jesus uh, because it makes him seem more real, right? Mm-hmm. And as a philosopher, right, when I hear the word real, I think true. Um, you know, the, 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 your, your judgment matches reality. And so that's what's true, right? Now, as a matter of fact, I've on lots of these matters, right? We don't know if it's true. Like, so my example when we were talking earlier about this is Christ, you know, playing with in the water with the apostles, right? Uh, uh, I guess was that the Sea of Galilee? Is that where they were? Yeah, they were. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, you know, which is a cool scene. It's a lot of fun. I guess some people found it scandalous for some reason. We <laughs> wouldn't want Jesus to be. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, the uh, any of it. Uh, I'm I'm personally thinking very well could be true, right? Uh, I have no you know theological problem with it. At the same time, we don't know if it's true, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it may not be real, right? Um, and similarly, like just in general, the personality that we get from Jesus, uh, the like, but my two sons react to it differently, right? My mm-hmm. younger son is uh, uh, Silas, you know, is is much more of a kind of natural curmudgeon uh and so he's not as fond of it whereas my older son is is much more fun but the um uh we like i said we just don't know if it's real actually i think maybe it's more it seems more natural to us right than say a statue of the sacred heart right <laughs> which you know it or might the infinite be, frog. that's right yes sorry i won't get that i won't open that box <laughs> no that's Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. Some of those images are kind of tough for me. Uh, right. You know, like when I, when, I know for some people, those are, they have deep devotion to it, and that's great. Uh, I'm not saying anything against, but and I think that's a perfect example, uh, right? That's a perfect example. That's not how you enter into prayer. Like right. looking at Infinite Prague, that doesn't do anything for you. Guess what? Jesus uh, never dressed up in dresses like that, right? <laughs> right. And I think that's, you know, yeah. I think that's, that's pertinent to our conversation, but go on. Yeah. So, anyways, there's just some distinctions there, I think, that need to be made between, maybe more naturalistic, right? Yeah. Than yeah. say a, a paint a Renaissance painting um versus more real because we don't yeah. know. And I do think we should be at least a little 
careful with that. And then the related thing is that lots of times more natural, I think assume we kind of assume means more like us, mm-hmm. um, which I want us to be cautious on, right? Um, both from a, just a historical cultural perspective, right? Um, because you know we should we should of course anticipate that first century um, Semitic peoples, right, are very different than twenty first century uh, uh, Americans, right? Uh, I mean, in all sorts of things. And then you throw like the Jewish law on top of it, it gets even like, you know, even more common. I love how the Romans react, uh, the Gaius reacts. You guys have too many laws. (laughs) Your life is so hard. But anyways, um, the, uh, um, um, event, uh, that, and and that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Jesus appears Mm -hmm. more like us, but it is also, I think, something to be cautious about, Right. We don't want to form our own sort of personal Jesus, right? That Correct. ends up looking a whole lot like me, right? right. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it shares my convictions. You know, you hear with, I think, sort of sadness when someone says, well, my God wouldn't do blah, 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 right? Or my, right. you know, oh, no, let's not, you know, you don't want somebody to go there. But what are your thoughts about that kind of uh, concern? So I actually think what the show, one of the primary advantages, like, I think one of the things I appreciate most about the show mm-hmm. is that it does depict the scandal of the incarnation. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you used the word scandals earlier about Jesus playing mm-hmm. in the water. And I think it's an important word to use because St. Irenaeus says the scan, mm-hmm. the greatest scandal is that God became man. That's mm-hmm. a phrase that we preach, that we pray every time mm-hmm. we pray the creed. That's a phrase that we do not think about. What does it mean that God became man? And we mm-hmm. think of him as this like superhero, right? That like, yeah, he kind of looks like a man, but he's walking <laughs> around and he knows everything and he reads people's hearts and he does these miracles and boom, boom, boom. And that's a heresy, right? Like it's a heresy to think God just dressed up in a man costume and walked mm-hmm. around. And mm-hmm. it's hard for us to grapple with the scandal and the mystery of the incarnation. And I think the chosen does it really well. Mm-hmm. We we still have theologians arguing about like low Christology, high Christology. What did Christ know? How did he know it? How is Christ one with mm-hmm. the Father when he was on the cross? Right? Like these are huge theological discussions that we still have. Mm-hmm. And the chosen has kind of waded into that, whether they want to or not. <laughs> said, like, yeah, uh, I think Jesus gets annoyed with the apostles. Is that okay that Jesus gets annoyed with the apostles? I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. is it okay that Jesus needed to practice his sermon? I didn't like that scene, but I don't know. Like these are answers we need to talk about because there is a limitation to Jesus's humanity. When he takes on that limitation, he is like us. And that Mm. is scandalous. That is Mm. scandalous that he, you know, walked on this earth with human, with a human will. Right. And Mm. that's been so scandalous that that's caused heresy. Right. Did Jesus have a human will? Like, did he have, and so I think, this show is actually really important to grapple mm. with that. Like, was Jesus like us? Like, mm. and I think it shows it in such a beautiful way that God became man out of love for us and came mm. to us in our brokenness. We see it so vividly in the show, but I think there's this, this idea of, yeah, it's a scandal that Jesus may have played in the sea of Galilee with his apostles. That's a scandal. Uh-huh. We don't like to think of God being like that. Right. Uh-huh. Or, we want to make him so human that he ceases to be God, which is also a heresy, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't like, are we going to show him sinning, right? That would obviously be 
blasphemous. It'd be a heresy because he could not sin. So I think it's good that people are struggling. I mean, I have lots of people weigh in because of my, my podcast and people asking me questions all the time. And one of the biggest things they have a problem with is when Jesus doesn't know something, when Jesus is learning to read, like, Mm-hmm. We don't think about those things, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have to direct them to Thomas, right? Like, well, what mm-hmm. does St. Thomas say about Jesus acquiring, mm-hmm. you know, knowledge? Sure. And um, I think it's I think it's really important for us to move mm-hmm. past that phrase that we pray all the time. We believe that God became man, right? For mm-hmm. God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Okay, mm-hmm. we can say that with our lips and we can mm-hmm. kind of intellectually think about it, but what does it really look like? Mm-hmm. It's scandalous. It's, mm-hmm. it's and so it's, I think that's actually one of the most important things that Chosen has done is Mm. make us grapple with what we actually believe about the incarnation. And there are disagreements about it. There are disagreements Mm. about what that looked like for God to become man, because guess what? It's never happened before and it's never going to happen again. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I actually, I really appreciate what it's done in my own theological Mm. struggles and to look to research some of this stuff and to say like, what do I believe about that? What is the church teach about that and as long Mm. as we're going back to scripture and what the church teaches Mm. i think it's a great thing right Mm. um when we just kind of sit on our own this is what i believe and this is what i think and i then Mm. that's the danger right where god becomes my god but if it's spurring us and that's one of the reasons i started using it to teach and i started Mm. because i think we sometimes need to be led in these things Mm. we can't Mm -hmm. just if we're really going to engage the chosen i think we need to engage it if we're either going to take it as art and just art and that's it. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to start, if it's going to start impacting our faith and our relationship with Christ, I think we need to grapple with some of the stuff and seek out other sure. answers and go to the scriptures and go to church, the church teaching. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good response. Uh, the, um, um, because it is, I mean, there, those are those serious, you know, sort of Christological issues there, right. Uh, that you have to sort of, uh, uh think think through um it is uh you know i just to give a plug i think thomas winandi is really very good on these things he's a mm-hmm. theologian follows thomas on on these matters uh he's a good expositor right uh yeah. thomas he's got both sort of high academic pieces but also popular pieces that are quite accessible um that he's, directly address he's surprisingly sort of, Thomistic for a franciscan I know it is. It's funny. Uh, the uh, um, I think he I think he gets ribbed about that sometimes. But the yeah. uh, um, but you know the um, the issue you say about Christ learning, you know, uh, mm-hmm. or, or whatever, uh, you know, that's that's one. Uh, I guess yeah, that's interesting. That that's a, 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 a that I mean that is a thing. I'm surprised that sort of I, I guess a, of course he learned right. I mean I guess, but uh, you know. Uh, um, but he was God, Ben. He was divine. Yeah, Why did he have to learn? Sure. Why didn't he just know? Because he had two natures. <laughs> in human nature. Right, people don't, people don't, like, <laughs> sure. you've thought about these things. Like, the average person skims sure. over that he grew yeah. in, you know, age and wisdom, mm-hmm. and they skim mm-hmm. over it to get onto the plot, right? Like, right. okay, like, let's get onto this. And, <laughs> right. and I think that's what the chosen has done is make us sure. stop with some of mm-hmm. these lesser known scripture verses sure. and really think, like, yeah, what did this good. really mean? Because uh, we just skim past it. And sure yeah do they add some stuff at times to like you know make the scene but like i've never thought about jesus what jesus is cures like when he goes and cures people all day what does uh-huh. that look like i've yeah, never thought about right. that it's uh-huh. in the scriptures sure. uh-huh. and so for them to depict that was really shocking to me i'm like oh wow he 
And would he have been tired at the end of it? Yeah, like these yeah. are really important questions to ask. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, you know, because uh, uh, I'm sure you've had this experience that, um, that in a way, you should, you know, when you lecture for a couple of hours, are you tired after that? You are actually, and someone might say, why are you tired? Just stood there and talked, right? Right? But as a matter of fact, actually, it's a kind of tiring uh, thing to do, right? Uh, And Researching uh, for a lecture, right? Like if you spend all day reading, you know, you're exhausted. You're like, why does your brain make your body exhausted, (laughs) right? right? But would Christ have been subject to that? You know, like that's that's something to talk, like to think about, I think. The two verses when I was thinking about this this morning before we started talking was, both, you know, he was like us in all things but sin, right? And then also thinking about, um, you know, God did say, I'm not like you, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the, the both of those are, you know, like there, mm-hmm. present, right? Yeah. Like, uh, um, uh, the, and to, that's, to that's the scandal, right? That's mm-hmm. the mystery of, mm-hmm. like, what, is, what does that mean? What does that look mm-hmm. like? Like, that's yeah. that tension and that paradox. You know. Sure, sure. Yeah, and it, uh, there is a way. Uh, well, yeah, I think that's a good good answer. So yeah. the I want to kind of just start to close here. I know we gone long, but we go long at Catholic Studies Academy. So, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't mind, um, no. the um, uh, I wanted to just get from you. Um, you know, we you know, haven't dealt with the criticisms. What are your, and I think maybe you've already spoken to it with respect to the incarnation would be one of the major themes here, mm-hmm. but what are like some of the major themes or encounters, um, scenes maybe that you think illustrate like the best of, right? Maybe what we can learn from watching the chosen. Um, so I would say one of the major things I think is God's love and mercy to people who don't deserve it. And I think, again, it's easy to read that in scripture and to know it and to know that God loves us, but to see it played out in, in the lives of these depictions, whether it's Mary Magdalene, the first episode or Peter Mm. or Matthew in the first season, you know, there's so many encounters in the first season where Christ comes and he comes to them where they are, you know, Mary Magdalene's at a tavern and, Mm. and and not only he comes once, but he comes multiple times. I think the right, storyline uh, of Mary in the second season is really mm, important. And people had a problem sure. with it because, you know, was she once saved, always saved? Would she have fallen after, uh, you know, Christ redeemed her? And I think we have m- one of the most beautiful depictions of the sacrament of confession mm, in Mary Magdalene when she comes to Christ and, mm, and, and can barely, like she had imperfect contrition. She is sorry for what she's done because she's embarrassed and because she... Right. Um, is but she's she's imperfect in her contrition and Christ forgives her and Christ has mercy on her uh, and yeah, I think to too. grapple with that in my own life right mm-hmm. like how often do I go to confession out of fear of hell and not uh, you know because I'm really sure. sorry and will I do it again probably right but yeah. Christ is still there and um, and so I think the theme of mercy and to see it played out in ways we might not expect even like he has mercy. Like Peter has a problem with Matthew being an apostle, (laughs) right. And, and he has to get used to that because Christ doesn't think the way we think and Mm. we have to strive to put on the mind of Christ. Right. And so I think mercy is a huge, um, is a huge theme. Mm -hmm. And I think the challenge, I mentioned this before, I think another theme is that challenge to what does it look like to call, to follow Christ? Mm-hmm. So a kind of a twofold challenge. Number one, what does it look like to follow Christ? And are we up to the challenge? Like Nicodemus 
tragically isn't up to the challenge. Like Mm -hmm. to follow Christ means to put away our old self and to put on Christ. And he is not ready Mm -hmm. for that at that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the challenge it is to us to follow him, but also the challenge is the unexpectedness of Christ and who he's going to call and how he's going to work. We see that a lot with the, with the, the Jews obviously, and not, this isn't the Messiah they expected. (laughs) Um, But also Matthew, right. Peter's like, this isn't what I expected you calling Matthew. Um, Even John the Baptist seems to be struggling with, this isn't what I expected, whether that's true or not, you know, that's a whole Mm -hmm. nother discussion, whether John the Baptist struggled. But um, I think it's, it's that challenge of who Christ is. And we have to then reflect that in our own lives. Do I struggle with who Christ is sometimes? Absolutely. Do I struggle Mm. with who he asks me to forgive? Do I struggle with his plan? Do I struggle Mm. with my, like what he's asked me? And absolutely, right? If I would have lived my life, if I would have planned my life, it would look a lot different than it does. (laughs) Um, I think most of us can say that, right? Uh, Like the life that Christ has given me and asked me to live is not the one I would have written for myself, Mm -hmm. but this is where his grace is. And so I think that challenge both of what it takes to follow Christ, but then how he works, you know, would, if I was writing the story, would my first public miracle be wine? I don't know. Like, no, maybe. Um, I would think it would be something much more practical, like dramatic manifestation Mm. of God's glory than making wine at a wedding. Right. And so there's that Mm. challenge I think that Christ presents. So I would say those two themes um, and then the incarnation and Christ coming to us. One of my favorite scenes is the scene of Nathaniel, the call of Nathaniel, mm, mm-hmm. because I think there has been a lot of ink spilled on, um, you know, there's this, this kind of esoteric conversation between Jesus and Nathaniel. I saw you under the fig tree, <laughs> you know, lots of people have spilled ink over what, like, why does that all of a sudden elicit faith in Nathaniel? And the way it's interpreted is, I think, really beautiful in The Chosen. Mm-hmm. And I guess at that time of my life, I saw a lot of myself in that, that there was this dark night where I was really questioning and to know that Christ saw me then in that dark mm-hmm. night mm-hmm. Um, and that he's always been with me. So I think sure. there's yeah, a theme yeah. if I, of we have remember, to put ourselves in the chosen. Sure. If I remember correctly, Nathaniel's saying like, do you see me? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you can kind of, I mean, when you're in those um, difficult passages of life, right uh you know sometimes you know you're like hey <laughs> hello, hello anybody there? I'm here. right like i'm trying to be faithful like i've done everything you've asked me to do uh-huh, uh-huh. where the heck are you right that's yeah. the that's the the, the paradise like that's the christian life right like sure mm-hmm. when be, becoming you know being baptized and living the christian life you think that would equal okay, you've done all these things and now it'll be easy, right? Mm-hmm. And instead it means accepting Christ, baptizing, you know, being baptized and living the Christian life. It, life sure. gets a lot harder. Yeah, right. Yeah, it does <laughs> but he's get there. Harder, yeah. And I think right. that's that's what we're seeing in, in some of these storylines. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I, I agree totally. Uh, those are uh, those are some some uh, good things to, to latch on to. Um, yeah, it doesn't get easier. In fact, in, in, I mean, the New Testament tells us this, of course, uh, and you know, in the in the chosen, the you know, Christ even said, you know, the, says this, right? I mean, he says this is going to get harder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. And, you know, yeah. Asked, I just didn't take asked, him seriously. Yeah, he asked Judas, you know, <laughs> are you ready to do hard things? You know, and he just is like, yeah, uh, I've I've given up things, you know, or I've I've experienced loss, right? Um, and you're like, whew, man, interesting. Yeah. Uh, right. You know, 
Uh, I mean, I, I think the depiction of Judas is neat uh, because, you know, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm yeah. sort of, uh, I'm, I'm in the camp that I, I take John's uh, interpretation of Judas sort of at face value. So I think mm-hmm. he's got a problem with greed. Um, mm-hmm. He's put as a human too, right? So he's not mm-hmm. as if he's only that vice. Right. Right. Uh, you right. know, uh, and so he has that vice, and that's the one that the devil, you know, uh pulls on for him. Right. Uh, but uh, but he's a believable Judas, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I think <laughs> Judas is a perfect example of like making us grapple with maybe some things we've assumed. So, you know, we talked about how like he's adding to scripture, we're having depictions that might not be real, sure. right? Might right, not right, be. Right. Well, we do that ourselves when we read scripture. And so, you know, we've paid, most of us have painted Judas as the guy with the black hat that is in called so that he can, you know, make the passion happen. And, Uh, you know, we've created this image of Judas and that's not the way human, that's not the way men and women are, right? We don't have pure evil humans. Like we don't, like there's that's not the way God works. And so we've created this idea of Judas and this is challenging that, right? That like, can we like Judas? Well, I hope you like me, even though I betray Christ all the time with my sin, right? Right. But you still like me, I hope. Right. Uh And so I think when we depict people, and I don't know if I talked about this on one of the podcasts or not, I went to see the passion play in Operamagal, Germany, Mm. which is a passion play that's been happening every 10 years for, you know, Mm. a million years. Right. Which is, again, we've been depicting this story with our own interpretation for many years. But in that interpretation this year, I found it very, very troubling that Pilate was depicted as this evil, vindictive guy who was going to put Jesus to death no matter what. Like he Mm. was painted as this horribly evil man who is responsible Mm. for Jesus' death. Now, there's a variety of cultural reasons why they've chosen to depict him that way in Germany. And I understand, but I was talking to the priest afterwards and he, he, we shared this troubling, this was, this was troubling. And father said, it's because it's a lot easier to blame the death of Jesus on some bad evil man and take ourselves out of it. It's a lot easier to think that, you know, pure evil killed Jesus and not weakness, Mm -hmm. greed, cowardice because those are the vices i have right and so (laughs) it's it's so easy to paint this this false depiction of characters because Mm -hmm. then i don't have to i don't have to um compare myself to them right i don't have to Mm -hmm. see it in my own life and so i love the depiction of judas for that reason is that it's really challenging us to to see our own weaknesses in this archetypal evil man well you know we betray jesus every day too sure yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Those are good. Those are all good things. Uh, I would just add uh, to to what you said here, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, that uh, I've liked the peripheral characters in it uh, quite a bit. Uh, I find, uh, and of course, these are pretty. I mean, elaborations, right? <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Sort of like I've always liked uh, uh, the whoever they were, kings, magi, whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I've always enjoyed those guys in the is the Bible. Uh, just thought they were fascinating. My opinions about them have changed over time. So I've learned different things about them. I know there's competing theories about them, but I mean, they're just fascinating. They're, they're kind of weird. They just like these guys from the East who show yeah. up, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I know there's some good, good, good explanations out there for them, but, but also like I, I love Gaius 
uh, a great deal. I'm, I think I'm going to like Pilot too. I kind of like the bad guy. I like I like I like Romans. What can I say? I'm a Roman guy. I kind of like a Roman stoic. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of yeah, and uh, I kind of get it. I've always thought I've always sympathized when I was reading the New Testament with the Romans, and yeah. kind of thought, man, what a terrible place to be. <laughs> you know? Yes, like, you know, it's this messy. It's poor. You've got these religious fanatics all over the place. You got zealots trying to stab me. I'm just here, you know, like if you're a Roman, you know, you know, and like. I mean, obviously they're the bad guys. I get it, you know. But um, so, anyways, I've always kind of sympathized with them a little bit. Uh, and I liked, I really liked the character of Gaius, right? Because he is. I mean, obviously he's a Gentile. He's a Roman. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, he, he like he's a pretty bad dude from their perspective, you know. Right. Uh, right. Pretty far out there. And he hasn't directly, uh, if I remember correctly at this point, he hasn't directly interacted with Jesus yet, has he? You've He's seen him and listened to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are we allowed to give spoilers? Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. To- yes, okay. please, yeah, yeah. So I I'll, I'll say at the beginning. out loud. Uh-huh. Okay. I cheered out loud when he was talking to Peter and he said he had a son and a slave, a servant uh-huh. that he treated as a son. And I was like, <laughs> because yeah. I've been hoping he's, he's the, the centurion, yeah, and too. I've been hoping. And when he said that, I actually like audibly <laughs> got to it. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, I felt um, the same uh, the same way. Yeah, um, I think I'm, we're going to see a lot from him. And I I remember you texted me after the sermon on the mount and said like you thought he converted at the sermon. And yeah, um, he's just so shocked. He's so yes. yeah. Yeah, and 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 you know, thinking about ancient philosophy and Roman philosophy, you know, at the time, and even just Roman, you know, uh, religion, uh, it sounds kind of crazy, right? Right, <laughs> you know? right. And especially the love your enemies part, you're like, no, right. I, I, my job is I kill the enemies of Rome. Right. That's what I do <laughs> right. for a living, right? Right. right. You know? uh, it's a very. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sort of forceful. Yeah. And I think it goes back to this is a way we can experience a scandal of Christ's mm. teaching right, in a right. way that we might take for granted. Like we, sure. we live in a Judeo-Christian, we live in a post-Christian era, obviously, but sure. uh, so much of our law, so much of our thinking is formed by Judeo-Christian beliefs, mm. really Christian beliefs, right? Mm. Love your enemy. Mm. Um, and so, you know, so much of human rights we believe today sure. is wouldn't be there if it wasn't for Christianity. And so we forget that this was scandalous. We forget right. this was totally opposite. And so I love how they've kind of brought that out. That this That's is, right. Don't take this for granted, people. Yeah, like This yeah. is not the way people thought. And this sure. would have been shocking to them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's really good. And, you know, a, a part of that is they don't lose the thread of accountability either. And I'm thinking here with Matthew, right? Matthew Ooh. does go through a series of re- coming to recognize Oh yeah, it was crappy for me to be a tax collector. It was the wrong. Yeah. Like he comes to that conviction himself, and you know, like the and and you know, there's that scene where Jesus is healing people, and they're all sitting around the camp and they're arguing with each other, and and you know, they get the, the Peter, and then they start getting pretty hard on on Matthew, right? And some of that is sour grapes, and some of that's just you know, kind of being uh, too judgmental. But some of it's also kind of like realistic, you know, like yeah. we're all suffering out here and you're part of the guys, the thing making us suffer, right? Um, yeah. So I think it was good for him to come to conviction, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's, there that. is a place for justice, right? It's, sure. it's, there's, and I think they, they could maybe show that a little bit 
better, but I do think they're showing that. They're like, yeah, I agree. You know, yeah. following Christ means changing your life, but it also means repenting and and mm-hmm. and you know, being sorry for what came before. Like, you can't just right. ex- expect just to, you know, okay, <laughs> Jesus loves me, let's go on with life, uh, right? Uh, but that there's an yeah. atonement too. Sure. Know? Yeah. Those are really interesting. Uh, the in the seeing this season between I don't uh, the Gentile follower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh and mary magdalene and yeah. mary magdalene you know she's so rep- uh, repentant but mm-hmm. she's also there's a way in which she's very conscious of how far away she was you know and yeah. and, and she holds on to her sorrow maybe a little too tightly maybe yeah. you know i thought it was interesting i agree i also think that's very believable because mm-hmm. i know so many people who you know, they've, they've repented, they've gone to confession, they've received absolution and they are holding on, like they still feel Mm -hmm. the shame of a grave sin. And they, and you have to really talk them through, like if Jesus forgave you, now you Mm -hmm. have to forgive you. That's right. Um, And I think that's very believable that so many people still kind of walk in the shame of their past sins and Christ wants to save them from that. So I really, I really liked that kind of honesty that she had. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Tamar, the Gentile, Mm -hmm. um, but We'll see. Sure. We'll see where that goes. Yeah. I just don't think it's believable that she would have been living with Jews, and but we'll yeah. we'll see. We'll see where that. It's goes. hard to see how that would work out, but yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure. Uh, well, Johnny, thank you so much. I know I've taken a lot of your time here. It was uh, great to work through all these questions. I know I've uh, enjoyed, been edified uh, both by the show, but also your commentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I encourage people to to go over and check out. Uh, what Joni's doing. Uh, What's the easiest place to to find that again? So we do it live on YouTube, actually. My YouTube channel is just Joan Watson. Um, And so we do it live. And then after we do it on YouTube, so you can always find them on YouTube if you are a YouTube, you know, aficionado and want to watch. (laughs) Um, And then most people are then tuned in later on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And it's just Joan's take on The Chosen on both of those platforms. Okay, great, great. Yeah, so I encourage you to check it out. Uh, and, uh, you know, keep in mind the things that we've said here, you know, that this is a great opportunity to um, to learn, to uh, uh, to be edified. Uh, also be discerning. You know, we don't know how mm-hmm. necessarily it's going to go. We we hope, right, that it keeps going uh, in the directions that it has gone uh, and it continues to be a, a source, um, uh, an opportunity of grace, you know, for people. Um but uh, anyways, any last thought you want to add, Johnny? Or I would echo that. That again, I, I watch every episode and kind of hold my breath. Right, um, right. You know, I don't know how we'll deal with John six, and you know, there's a lot still to be seen. But sure, yeah. yeah. I, I always tell people like I recommend what's come so far. Right? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. All right, well, thanks so much, Johnny. I really do appreciate it. And uh, to all of our listeners and viewers, thanks so much for uh, joining us uh, today. And until next time, God bless.